Well, hello again. It's Aaron Goodwin, retired radio broadcaster from the heart of California near a town called Manteca, which is my hometown. Yes, I know what Manteca means in Spanish. Thank you. I do a podcast as a tribute to my Manteca. And yeah, you might need to be a certain age too for some of the educators and guests like the one I'm talking to today. But then again, maybe not if I do basic math. Because since his career has spanned many decades, starting in the 70s, lots of people know exactly who I'm talking about. He grew up the son of Manteca royalty, Dr. Winner, Steve Winner, then went off to college, a product of Manteca schools, and then back home once the degree came to serve his community. One town, one school. And he'll tell you when you play sports for the Mighty Green, it's Manteca, not buffaloes on your chest. It's Manteca. And you should act accordingly and carry the weight of your hometown with pride. He's been married to his wife, Rona, for over 50 years. His son and daughter, Don and Kristen, love him to death. He's a grandpa. He loves to FaceTime his granddaughter, talk about baseball. He's been a teacher, anything you can think of at the school, a dean, assistant principal, principal, administrator. One of the most cherished coaches in the history of the Manteca Buffalo sports programs, including a swimming coach. His high school, the namesake of Manteca sports, his name on the gym, Winter Jim. Today, I focus on... Steve Winter, Coach Winter, on the Man About Town podcast. And I'm going to sing one like Satchmo for Coach. Here we go. For all the buffaloes who bleed green and white, warm Antique on their chest, for that good Manteca fight. For Coach Winter, the most wonderful coach, the winter name's legend, his name's on the gym, now he's on my show, Balmantica, let's go. And talk to Steve Winter, a great teacher and the most wonderful coach. Oh, Steve Winter, come on. All right, that was your intro song. That's the best I can do, coach. I know. I tell everybody. <laughs> I apologize. You don't have to laugh that hard. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But yeah, I don't have a budget, so that's the best I can do. <laughs> Where am I? I'm in your living room. Where? What part of town are we in right here? Uh, we're, well, it's on the corner airport in Northgate. It's called Terracina. Uh, we've been here for about uh, 20 years now. Okay. Gated Just, community. The UPS guy was waiting for me to get out there so he could come in and deliver. If you uh, wait long enough, you'll get in. <laughs> what's the point then? Just a little patience and you get into these places. Yeah. But when we first moved here, there was only like five houses. Oh, well, when we first looked, we felt we couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we were going to buy a lot and build a house, and that just never happened. And then one day we went at an open house, and we came in and saw this one and just fell in love with it and kind of figured things out and figured, okay, we can afford it, and let's go for it. I should have stayed in school. <laughs> in a month, I've been in Mick Founce's house, Coach Lee, and you, all administrators, and your houses are beautiful, yeah, I, beautiful places. Yeah, so, you know, we're very fortunate. Where did you live before here? We lived over on Plumas by Shasta. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Vern yeah. Gephardt was across the street. Mm-hmm. We loved that I place. The park that. was just down the street. And, and Vern's still in the same spot? Yep. Yeah, okay. That's my old stomping ground. I, I grew up on Francis Street, Coach, so oh. I used to come over and uh, all my friends and all the Shasta. Well, once I started going to Shasta, that was the, the pond used to be there. We'd get oh, poly yes. logs, the pond. Yep. Oh, and the big stink when they were going to change it. Yeah. Take some tree out, the climbing tree out. The rocket slide. <laughs> and just all of that. Boy, and OSHA. What, where was, was OSHA not a thing back then? Well, I don't think so. Do they even have OSHA? Because, no. I mean, you fry your butt on that slide. Well, it was, you, yeah. Well, and you look at the schools, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, kindergarten areas all had climbing things and yeah. and and if you fell you just hit hard dirt <laughs> so yeah kids are safer but i don't know if they have as much fun tell everybody who you are oh i'm steve winter i've born and raised in manteca although i tell people that's a lie because when i was born manteca didn't have a hospital went through schools in, in manteca graduated from manteca high school actually manteca union high school because it's the only high school in the area Went to Delta College for two years and then to Sacramento State where I got my degree and uh, my teaching credential. And then several years later, I went back and uh, picked up my master's and my administrative credential. 
basically spent my entire life here in Manteca. Why did you want to be an educator? What was your jump off for being an educator? Was there somebody in your life that decided that in, in talking, you said, oh, I don't know if I was the best of students. I tell people that I, I went to between, I'd go to Lindbergh for a year and then I'd be at Lincoln and then I'd be back at Lindbergh. And looking back, I probably, the principals got together and said, okay, we had him last year. You take him this year. You know, so, so I moved around a lot. Um, outside of my parents uh, who put, uh, you know, emphasized education, my role models were teachers or coaches. Uh, I just, uh, I I taught uh, swim lessons for the uh, city of Manteca during the summers, and I lifeguard. And I just found out that I enjoyed being around kids and helping kids. And so it was just uh, a natural. Your nobility in Manteca. Your dad, a celebrated name in this town, and you're his son. And I'm his son. Yeah, very proud of it. I really, it's difficult for me because he was not one that would sit around and say, hey, look at me, look what I did or what I've done. Well, neither are you. Well, I think that's... None of you are. Well, um, after he passed, I learned more about him from other people telling me, hey, you know, your dad did this and this and this. You know, so I think that's kind of carried over in my life. I just, I think all of Manteca too, the the leaders of Manteca were that way. They just saw a need and they took care of it and they didn't expect a parade or anything like that for it. And that's the way I was raised and I think that's the way I tried to live my life. Was he a general practitioner? Yes. Yeah, that and surgery. What's it like having a doctor as a parent? You have to go to the doctor or the hospital and they just fix you up at home. <laughs> well, Chrome. when I was little, they, they, mom would take me to the office. And then there was one time where I, I was in the back and I was supposed to get a shot. And I used the term I escaped. And I went running down the hall and into where the patients were sitting. And dad and the nurses cornered, got me in literally in a corner and hauled me out. And, <laughs> and uh, some patients said, whose kid is that? And they said, be quiet. That's the doc's kid. And so dad said, don't ever bring him back down here during office hours. <laughs> so uh, it was usually, you know, after he'd get off work, those types of things. Um, I could never fake being sick. <laughs> you just, you, just, you couldn't. <laughs> you just went to school. Were your kids uh, able to play sick? No. Yeah, unless Gosh darn it, I wasn't allowed. Yeah, if you're, I'll if be you, damned if you kids are going to be calling yeah. in. So I just, uh, uh-huh. that way, and I don't think I ever missed, well, other than when I broke my neck, I, I very seldom missed a day of work because of being sick. You, the luck you had not having me in any of your classes, Coach, <laughs> and I was just telling you that I believe that when I was in high school, you had a broken neck and we're running around in a halo, and you're like, yeah, that was it. That was the time. If you're trying to identify my time now, I'm Greg Potts's brother, and you were his basketball coach, so I go back to the 70s watching you you know you're like a superhero with a big cape you know Uh and then i make it to school 11 years later and there you're walking around and broken neck and then what then you're you're just a teacher you're not even i thought you were some big shot then then you big shot in the next 30 (laughs) years from the 90s oh i i've been extremely fortunate uh i've got a wife that and I, I, she didn't take your school classes. No. Okay. So just being home and patient. Yes. Doesn't take your accolade. No. Don't try to shove it off on her. No. But she, it, it, um, she was always there and made it possible. I mean, I spent more time with other people's kids than I probably did my kids. A great woman behind every good man. Yeah. And I, I had the best. I consider it kind of funny. My freshman, sophomore year in high school, I played for a guy named Coach Handy, Joe Handy. Absolutely. Greatest, greatest man in the world. Oh, God, he was, it was my favorite class. And during the games, I'd, I'd be sitting on the bench, and I'd look behind, and up in the top row was Mrs. Handy and their two girls. Well, lo and behold, I come back, and I'm coaching, and I look up there, and there sits Frona with Don and Kristen. <laughs> I'm going, geez, oh. just kind of what goes around keeps coming around. Oh. It does in the circles here, and in, in those yeah. type of circles that you're traveling in. Yes, is what I'm finding out. You all travel in the same circles. Yes, yep. it's amazing. And and in Manteca High at the time was was truly a family. I mean, we called ourselves the eighty wingers, but uh, we let some of the teachers in the thirty wing join us and stuff. But I mean, we went to all the football games. You know, the basketball games. Miss Help had her had the uh, Buffalo Gals, and we supported that and. It was just, the school day wasn't over when the bell rang. Right. All I remember was uh, we had a pretty good basketball team, and, and 
we played, I think, on Thursday night up in Somerville, and then we had a three-day weekend, and the last thing I told the kids is because they like to ski, I says, don't you dare go to the snow and get hurt because we got a good thing going, and, and so stay clean. Well, lo and behold, I'm the one. You're not playing. <laughs> yeah, and I had to, Frona had to call uh, Mike Henry and tell, and Mike was a sophomore coach, and tell Mike <laughs> that uh, that I'd broken my neck and he's going to have to take over, and Mike didn't believe her, but <laughs> he eventually figured it out. Uh, I was fortunate that I had a really good group of A uh, saucer accident, Coach. Yeah, but I, yeah. It can't even be uh, can't even be slalom skiing. Uh, Trying out for the Olympic it team. It can't even yeah. be something manly. It's got to be on the kid's saucer. On a saucer. <laughs> yep, going down an icy hill. I really had some really mentors that to help me. You know, there's, uh, well, Coach Handy. Mantega may have been one of his first jobs, but he and you know Joe Jacobs and uh, Walker Vick, Coach Cunyal, Terry Fix, you know those people took me under their wing, and I was smart enough to watch and listen. You're at the same level with those folks to me, and uh, you're not a little bit. You were their uh, students, and you went through their classes. I mean. And they and they still are, Coach Cunyal, uh, Coach Vick, uh, you know Coach Handy. They're they have that title or aura about them that. Uh, they're up and above, they're at a pedestal. And that was a hard part for me when I You're came You're on that same pedestal with those guys. <laughs> to a guy like me, I'm uh, 53, coach. Oh. I'm 53. You are with oh. the handies and the, the Vicks. I mean, you're the Vic of basketball uh, at Manteca High for me. Well, Vic you. was a football coach. Yes. You were the basketball coach. They taught me a lot. I can remember one story where we were playing East Union, and when at that time it was... Manteca and East Union. And when we played them in basketball or, or football, if you didn't get there by the sophomore game, you didn't get a seat. And basketball, went in, we played in winter gym. It, you know, not many people can get in there. And it, it was a, oh, it was packed. And it was a sophomore game. And with about 30 seconds to go, the officials asked me to leave. Uh, so Walker had to take over. Well, when the game was over, he came into the locker room and he goes, I want to talk to you. And I says, well, let's do it right now. And he goes, no, we'll do it Monday. I says, no, now. He goes, we'll do it Monday. That was one of those lessons where we talked on Monday, and and I learned that, uh, yeah, I, you get things called technicals. Yeah. And and I got a couple, and so, yeah. Oh, yeah, mentally kicking dirt on the uh Oh. On the referee's yeah. shoes. Yeah. What do you do in basketball? You, there's no dirt to kick. All you do is almost All have is yell, complete yell assault and get, get your ass thrown out of the game. Yeah. 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 And that was, and I'll be honest with you, that was one reason why I got out of basketball. I just, I just had difficulty dealing with that situation. I was fine until the opening tip and I was fine when the game was over. It was just during the game, I just... So makes a great coach, though. I just became a very intense individual. Wow. So you go to Sac State, you decide to come back to Manteca. It was always in your fold to come home? My wife and I were married when I was a a sophomore in college, and we moved to Sacramento and then went to Sac State. And we love Sacramento. We love the excitement of the city and all that. But we felt it really wasn't an environment we wanted to raise our kids. Um, so when it came time to look for jobs, I, I applied at every high school district from Eureka to Santa Barbara. And it was a time when they really weren't hiring a lot of teachers. Uh, I got interviews, and I went in like in San Juan and went in, and they said, well, we'll interview, but we don't have a job. And same thing with uh, Davis, California. Um, then I got, I got an interview in Manteca, and Mr. Adair was the principal, and they offered me a job, and, and we took it. Wow. So it wasn't, it was the fact that we didn't want to live in the big town, and number two, Manteca was, avail- was available. Never regretted a minute of it. Tevany went away to SAC, and yeah. when she got there, she's, what am I going to do in Sacramento? Nobody knows who I am here. If I go back to Manteca, I'm Tevany. Mm-hmm. I might be able to make a difference. In Sacramento, there's a lot of people. So back home, she came. Yeah. And it, it's the story she tells. The other thing does is my dad made the comment when when I we went away. He says, "You're going to have a chance to develop yourself as Steve Winter and not Doc Winter's kid." He was right. 
You're okay. not Doc Winter's kid to me. <laughs> You're not. I don't know when he got out of practice, but you are not Doc Winter's kid to me. He was, you are he was very Winter. young. He was 62 and when, when he passed. so And the sad part about it, I, I consider it the sad, is I was 30, and I was just getting to a point where I could sit down and ask oh. him for help. Questions, re- questions, and stuff, and even more importantly, I could listen to him and hear what he had to say. Oh. So, gosh darn it, taken too early. Yeah, you decided to have kids, huh? Yeah, went well for you. Yeah, some great kids. Oh God, I've got, I've got two of the best, two of the best. Uh, they're both following their dreams. Um, Kristen is a a neonatal nurse in uh, San Diego and Don's a golf professional over in the Castlewood Country Club. Very proud of him. Yeah. This is Don Winter. I'm a PGA golf professional at the club of Castlewood in Pleasanton, California. And Coach Winter, or Steve Winter, is my dad. There he is. Got a good voice. He does. He's very talented. What's true about your dad, Don? What do I know to be true about Steve? I can tell you he's very loyal. He's very caring. He gives back to the community 100%. He's very uh, emotional also as well, um, which I think are just great traits in a uh, in, in a person. you getting emotional right now. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take much for me. You say he loves music? Well, I'll tell you he loves music. Yeah. And he loves, in particular, he just loves songs. You can sit in a car, once he finds a song that he likes, you can sit in a car with him for about 20 minutes and only listen to one song. There'd be times where he'd be principal at uh, Manteca High, and he would leave his office and playing the same music over and over again and drive his secretaries a little crazy. I, I didn't know he knew I did that. <laughs> You're going to find out people know a lot about you that you might not have realized. People are paying attention. Yeah, I... I I, I do love music. And oh, I, get, I love I, it. I, I play it. I'll play one oh. song for a whole day. Yeah, I, and I must admit, I get that from my mom. But uh, if I do find a song I, I, I like, I'll hit the repeat button. And then when there were times in the office, and I, I always felt a, I didn't like to stay in my office a lot. I tried to get out. And so I'd, I'd take off and go out around campus, and I'd forget that the song was on repeat. And the secretaries <laughs> would be going nuts, and finally someone would figure out how to, turn it off so. what's one of those songs oh what's a song you've played back to what, what's one of those songs that you have to do oh god yeah grab that phone gotta, he, yeah, he gotta, grabs gotta, up that playlist I, I he's did. got so many he's got to grab a playlist y'all oh i just you know i don't have one in particular but sometimes i'll be in a certain mood and that has a lot to do with it and if that song kind of hit that mood, then okay, it's it's going to be around for a while. Don was talking about he would bring around a gal, and then you'd always spy him out. I think Kristen was thinking the same. I don't know <laughs> if she told me the same story, but you spy him out. You'd see Don was romantically interested in somebody, and you'd go and find out now, who was this young lady? Kind of a little insight about having your dad at the same high school is I asked a girl to go to prom, uh-huh. And my dad didn't know who she was. So he went to the faculty lounge and asked all the teachers if they had this girl in class. And Coach Henry, who had her in class, and sent her with a note, I believe in the fourth period, to my dad saying, this is so-and-so. And my dad opened up the note, looked up, and said, thank you. And that's how he found out. Uh, if he didn't know anybody, there was ways that he found out. I got here and I said something. You go said, I'll go find the yearbook and we'll figure this out right now. <laughs> You'll end the argument real fast, won't you, Coach? Yeah, I've got a few yearbooks. What's a funny story, Don? I guess Dad couldn't sleep. I was probably, I don't know, six, seven years old. So he got up, went out to the front room, put on some headphones, sat down in his uh, in a beanbag, and I think he just listened to, I don't know, his Barry Manilow, Neil Diamond, proceeded to sing at the top of his lungs and woke up my mom. Um, I don't remember it. I think I still fell asleep, or I still was asleep. But uh, that's how much he likes music. Of everything he could remember, he remembers and, the beat. And I, I remember that one like it was yesterday. Uh, what from, was going on? I, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm one that uh, sometimes at night I can't sleep, and so I come out, and back then I'd, I'd uh, put a tape in and, we had eight tracks at that time, and I'd put the headphones on and just sit there and listen to it. And this time, I guess I started singing and <laughs> woke Frona up, and she wasn't really too happy about that. And Don's heard the story so much that it's part. <laughs> yes. Why is he a treasure to Manteca, Don? He was born there, 
raised, graduated Manteca High in 65, and a few years later was back teaching at Manteca High. He gives 100% to the community, not just Manteca High. He sat on the Parks and Recreation Commission Board for years in the late 70s. He is very active in Rotary. He just was the president of Rotary. Um, he loves to give back to the kids of the community. He just loves the town. A story that you can probably ask every person that's played for him is on, for some big games. He would say that we are the only high school in town that has Manteca on our jersey. It doesn't say Buffaloes, it says Manteca. And we not only represent Manteca High, but we represent Manteca as the town. And how we act around during a game, out in the community, even with our Block M jacket, people think that's how Manteca is, and we are to act and uh, accordingly to um, how we want the town to be represented. That's how much he loves Manteca. That's the way it should be, Coach. I truly believe that. Also tried to impress upon them that there's all these young eyes watching them, and I used to think back when when uh, Gushmead Field was the first year was opened. You know, my dad would uh, was not only the team doctor, he filmed, and I'd get to go with him. and And I can remember sitting up in the stands and watching uh, uh, John Holbrook play, and those people, and, and they were they were like gods to me. I, I just it was. I was kind of shocked when I when I met John years later and found out he I was taller than he was, but you know in my eyes he was a he was a, a monster on the, on that field and was something to look up to and and I told those kids when you're playing you've got some little little boy out there girl who's watching you and you've got to make sure you act appropriately. Watson, those guys were like. Uh Movie stars. Yes. They were bigger than life. Yes. And they show up to the house to get Greg, and here these guys are. <laughs> we lived in a duplex at Francis and uh, Grant, and Watson would come in, and the, the living room's not that big. And Jeff Watson, when he was 18, is a monster yes. in those overalls, oh. you know, doing body work with his dad and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, he ended up playing, what, at San Diego State? Bigger than life. Manteca, bigger than life. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, Same thing, just a different generation. Well, you, you keep saying that. I just... Uh, I just love Manteca. Say something about your dad I might not have asked on. My dad's family is um, very special to him. And every grandkid, my mom and dad have taken them for their eighth grade graduation, have taken them on a trip. And the grandkid gets to pick where they want to go. My son went to Washington, D.C. My daughter went to New York City. Um, my niece also picked New York City and the youngest one due to COVID she hasn't got on her trip yet but um, I'm sure it'll be someplace very special and having those those memories with the kids um, are, are very priceless and um, I just want to say uh, thank you to them and my dad for, for uh, doing that and let my kids really get to know them it was when we did the first one when uh, Corey, who's Don, Don's oldest, uh, <laughs> um, decided we'd take him on a trip, just the three of us. And it was so we could get to know him and ask him where they want to go and, and had to be someplace educational. And, and he chose Washington, D.C. So it was a trip that Fron and I got to go on, too. I mean, we got to see the... Uh, uh, Washington D.C. and uh, <laughs> in fact, we got to we we have a friend of ours whose um, sister in law was the treasurer of the United States. We we got to go to the Treasury Department and see her. Uh, she took us on a tour. That's something special. Oh, we got to go to the where they were making at that time. They were making hundred dollar bills. And does it smell like money? Oh God! They 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 gave me a a stack of hundred dollars bills that was two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I'm sitting there holding this money and going, "Oh my God!" And, <laughs> I'd be smell. I think I just had my <laughs> nose buried in it. And then, uh, and then we went into the Smithsonian, the aerospace one, and and Corey is really big on that. And we spent almost all day in that one, and he read everything and. And we got to see uh, um, oh the uh, 
the ship that would, was going to land on the moon that had landed on the moon. They had one of those there, and the Spirit of St. Louis was there. It was just an amazing trip. So now it'll stick with them oh, forever. It's oh, sticking with Don. Oh, and then uh, Chloe, that's his his youngest daughter. She wanted to go to New York, and from it, I'd never been to New York. So off we go, and we went to the top of the. Uh, Statue of Liberty, the top of the Empire State Building. It's incredible. Oh, uh, the 9-11 Memorial wasn't open yet, although we toured that area. Uh, it was great. And then Kristen's oldest, she wanted to go to New York. Aha, we've been there, but okay, let's go. And, and so the 9-11 Memorial was open in this time, and that was really moving. Uh, and she was one that wanted, she was into Hamilton, Okay. So she she literally took us out to Hamilton's house. She had it on her phone, and then we went to the grave to his grave site. And it just it gave it gives us an opportunity to spend time with just them and really get to know them, and they get to know us. It's cool. Yeah, it's just it's worth the price of admission. So tell got, me something about Coach you'd like to say to him that you've never told him. Yeah, I love him. Thank you that for everything that you have done for me and my family. I am who I am uh, because of him and um, that I love him very much. And Aaron, uh, I want to say thank you on behalf of the the Winter family for doing this. There's a lot of people in the community that you could have picked, but uh, my dad, I believe, is well deserving of it because of the time and, and how much he absolutely loves uh, this community. And I just want to say thank you. No problem, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you. Oh, what? Who's next? Let me see here. My name is Kristen Copeland, Hi, Kristen. formerly Kristen Winter. Yeah. I am a registered nurse for Kaiser Permanente here in San Diego in the NICU. And Coach Winter is my dad. I'm going to be bawling here in about two minutes. It's all good, man. Someone <laughs> said you're a big crybaby. I don't remember who it was. might have been McCreeth. I think we, I might should have ran that first, and then that explains the whole. Oh, uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with getting a little bit teary when you hear your kids talk about you. Okay, yeah. Coach? Especially yeah. if you've got history of being teary. And the way I hear it is uh, Doug McCreeth says you like to water your eyes a lot. So, yeah. I believe. We'll probably hear from him in just a moment. Okay. No, I'm very proud of both of my kids. Tell me about him. I have been extremely blessed to have Coach as my dad through all my teen years, growing up years, have him there to support me, advise me, although he probably thought I wasn't listening all the time. I was listening. I just may not have completely done what he advised. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a teen, so yeah. What's true about him, Kristen? My dad absolutely loves us. I know that. He loves my mom. He loves my brother and I. The grandkids, although probably the grandkids take precedence over the kids at this point. That's okay. They're all good kids. He loves the Giants. He loves texting my oldest daughter whenever the Giants are playing the Padres and they FaceTime and they talk and it's just a lot of taunting going on. It's hilarious. And I know he just has a great time doing that. And I love seeing that and their interaction. Yeah, my son got tired and uh, took off out of California to Texas and took off with the grandkids. And it gets to be difficult, but the technology is allowing us to be a little closer, for you to be a little closer to San Diego to yes. trade barbs with your grandkids. Huh? Yeah, we've discovered FaceTime. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it, it is great. It is great. And I, uh, yeah, Carly is a huge, huge Padre fan and, I love the Giants, and when the two teams are playing, you, you cannot believe the texts that go flying back and forth. And <laughs> it's real, it's really fun. Continue on. Tell me a super funny story about Coach. Sure. Growing up in small town Manteca, at the time it was small town. You come to find out that Dad knows everybody and somehow finds out things. Here we go. Before you have a chance to tell him or maybe you didn't want to tell him he's going to find out anyways if you have one too many people in your car he finds out if you didn't do so well on a test 
he knows your grade before you knew your grade. If a boy calls your house asking for you and dad doesn't know who it is, he's going to ask around and find out who this boy is, what kind of kid he is. I used to joke and say that I had to go outside of Manteca Unified to find a date because I was coach's daughter. When we would go visit Manteca with my kids, anytime we'd go to the grocery store or restaurant, Papa would know someone and the girls would be like, Papa knows everybody here. And I was like, yeah, pretty much he does. So there was one day at my girl's middle school and there was a musical, there was a play they put on every year. And my mom and dad would always come down to watch the play. So we're standing outside getting ready to go in for the play. And we're standing there with my daughters, my husband. And all of a sudden my dad goes, that kind of looks like Glenn Kale. And I'm like, what? In San Diego, from Antica, Glenn Kale, really? <laughs> and about that time, this guy looks over at my dad and waves and starts walking towards him. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Glenn Kale. And my kids are like, Papa knows someone in San Diego. So come to find out Glenn Kale's kids or grandkids go to the same middle school that my kids went to. So now my girls truly believe that Papa knows everyone or someone everywhere. It's just a family joke. Been going on for years now. Grandkids know you're a rock star. They already know. They don't know yet. They're going to find out you're a rock star. It's not just going to be us. You know, it's really kind of funny because when Don's kids were first went into school and ripping the hall monitor I went to high school with. And then when they they moved to the middle school, the principal was, I'd had him as a student. And when they went, it just every, everywhere they went, I just seemed to happen to know somebody. And so as a result, they think I know everybody. It's winter's weaving web. I come by it naturally. When I was growing up, we would literally be sitting around the dinner table and dad would tell us what we did in school that day. Apple doesn't fall far. No. Coach. And when uh, Don was a little guy, he, he'd start asking Don, Don, who's Maria? So I finally asked him one time, I says, how do you, how do you, how did you do this? And he goes, well, you know, a kid would come in to, to see me and to put him at ease, I'd ask him, where do you go to school? And oh, I go to Lincoln. Oh, do you know my son? He says, that's all it took. And so I inherited that from him. Why is Steve a treasure to Manteca? Yeah. It's not very often that you have someone born in Manteca, raised in Manteca, moved away to for college for a few years. His first teaching job is in Manteca, taught there for so many years at Manteca High, and then gets into administration, becomes a dean, vice principal, and principal, all at the same high school in the same town because he loves Manteca. And even though I'm a nurse and I know it's not possible, I think maybe his blood is tinted green and white. His wardrobe, his closet is green and white. Even after retirement, the man still goes to football games, basketball games. You're still gonna see him on campus. He's helping out with planning with the new expansion, which looks amazing, but he loves his community. Everybody gets a black shirt. Nobody has, I, I let Ken Huckabee last week have a camo because I didn't have his size and happened to have a camo. He goes, I'll take a camo. Well, I went to the shop to buy some blacks. I saw that green there and I thought, I'm going to take this green to Coach Winter because oh. it's your color. Yeah, and I don't remember. In the 70s, you wouldn't call them, you wouldn't call these clothes funky in the 70s. But if I remember, right, square plaid, just oh. the green sweaters, the V sweaters, the, the 70s. Oh, white. You are the green buffalo. The, the white shoes, white belt. Yes, sir. Green yes. pants. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, sir. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh. I mean, Greg was, Greg and those guys, I think, uh, 76, 77. So, not only again, I like I said, I used to go to high school games, and there you are. So now I'm here with you. You know, who would think? Oh, the Sansa Belt stuff that would stretch and stretch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's something. Kristen, what would you like to say to your pop? Is there anything that you would like to say about him yeah. that I did not ask you? Yeah. Well, I truly believe that you can't talk about my dad without also talking about my mom yeah. they have been married for over 50 years it's not very often that you hear that nowadays and you know they're a good team she's always supported him growing up we would go to a lot of home basketball games 
some of the away games. Every year for the team, she would host a spaghetti dinner. She would make just pots and pots of spaghetti, I remember, and have the team over. And it was always a great night for the team bonding. And and they have always taken care of each other. Um, my dad, when my mom was going through breast cancer, when my dad was had bypass surgery, um, you know, they, they take care of each other. They support each other. And to have that example for my marriage is sacred. Something you never told him? Tell me something about Coach Winter you like to say to him that you have never told him. Yeah. I tell Dad every time I talk to him and see him that I love him. I'm very thankful that I have him as my dad and that I got to grow up in the family that I did and in the community that I had. And I love you. Just like that. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you, honey. What was it like going against a player like Scott Brooks at East Union? Oh. <laughs> did we have a did we ever have a anything close to him? I know he was a freak of nature at his height and his skill. Who was the most skillful basketball player to ever come out of the Manteca High program? We know who it is in East Union. Can I say something though about Scotty? Please say anything. What it's your a, podcast. First of all, what a what a great Young man, yeah, yes. right. I just always has I, been. Always, yes, always has. Could have been a jerk. He was always cool to everybody. <laughs> yes. Kids. When when we play East Union, I I tell the kids if you find yourself one on one and he's coming at you, just step aside and let him go in and shoot the layup. This is if you try it, you're going to foul him. He's going to make the shot anyway, and plus the free right. throw. Right. Um, wow, had, <laughs> that's a that's a hell of a thing to have to tell everybody. Hey, just let him make it. You're going to cost us yeah. three. And then the other, you're going to get an extra point every time if yep. you foul him. And then the other time, we played him three times that year, and the first time we just played him straight up, and and he went for 18, 20, I don't know, something like that. So I told, next time he says we're going to really concentrate on him. We're going to shade an extra player towards him, and he goes for twenty six, you know, and we still lose. And the third time, oh, the third time was, we play, we played him. I said we're going to go man to man, or go box and one, and we're going to do this and this and points. this. And he scores a school record, and 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 there, I remember it. Oh, and I, I so next if we play him again, we're not going to guard him. We'll just ignore him. <laughs> He'll get lost. Doesn't surprise you what he ended up making his career. No. Does it surprise you? you ended well, up being it, coach. You know, it, it it surprises me because he's what five ten, and and he played ten years in the NBA and and, and got a ra- a ring, and I think that says as much about his character as his as his talent. Yeah, he's just a, a wonderful man. Now to answer the question, oh, we just had so many. I, I mean, who's you know, which I, one stands out? Oh. There's got to be one. Well, my first year back when I coached freshmen, I think we had a, a kid by the name of Al Betchart that was was he was an amazing player and. You know, led the area in scoring and could do everything. Um, do we uh, have any NBA stories that were Buffaloes or no? Not in, not in, excuse me, not in basketball. Right. Unless you want to count like uh, way back when Paul Wigan was there, Paul played football, basketball, and ran track. Yeah, he was track, an all sporter, big name. You know, but right. he was a football player. Right. Um, <clears throat> you can go to Reno Cook who played three years for, for me at the varsity level and uh, went to JC and was JC player of the year and led Delta to the state championship. I remember that name. Mitch Crawford, who was a, at six foot five, was an all NorCal center, which is small by that, you know, for that position. The, you know, the Jody Rubles, the Kevin Samples, the uh, Kurt Durans, um What'd you say? Hold on. Wait, you said something. My name is Jody Rubel. Oh, yeah. I know Coach Winter. Um, <laughs> hey, Jody. I'm playing basketball under him primarily. Grown to know more of his life even since the high school days, but but I know him, uh, I guess, primarily um, having played for him for, uh, for two varsity seasons at Manteca High School. Coach Winter's life and my life were kind of kind of connected in a variety of places. Probably the earliest, the earliest connection that I can remember is that uh, he coached my brother, one of my older brothers. So my brother, Bill, 
uh, who was a who was quite a talented football player. He also dove. He was on the dive diving team for uh, at least one season early in his high school career, and Coach Winter was his coach for that for that sport. And that's where I began to hear about Coach Winter directly. I'll make the other connections in just a second, but um, uh, but yeah, that's probably the earliest. My earliest connection to him was that he was coaching one of my older brothers. Bill was a really good football player, and and he played basketball for me, and and I was coaching swimming too. In fact, I was hired as a swim coach and I needed a diver. So I went out and recruited Bill. (laughs) So I've got a guy that plays middle linebacker on the football team and he's diving and he gave it his all and it was something. The other thing along with with swimming that, and I'm kind of getting off into another area. Do your thing. Uh, I coached swimming for two years. Then they, they had me at that time. I was coaching sophomore football with Jim Brown, which was a wonderful experience. I coached basketball and then I went into swimming and that was the year that I, I got into trouble in the basketball game. And, and I told Walker, I says, I can't do three. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll coach any two you want, but I just can't do three. But that swim team, I went out and I recruited 12 girls. And you have to understand that's when they just had swimming. They didn't have boys swimming and girls swimming. It was just swimming. Okay. And so I, I found 12 girls that swam rec, rec swimming, and I got them to come out. And that caused problems because now we had to find some way to supervise them in the locker room. And, but those girls were amazing. They, uh-huh. and, they, and what they did is they allowed me to – they competed. I mean, they were right in there with the boys in the, at the Frost Soft level. And this one, I had one diver, uh, Jill Pinto, who she was an athlete and, yeah. she, and was a great diver, but it allowed us to move people around and we eventually won the league championship because of it. And I did the same thing with golf. I went out and, and recruited girls and Kristen was one of them to come out. And in fact, uh, I don't know if Jenny, Jenny Miller was on that or not, but I had about five girls to come out and played golf and they didn't get into any matches, but they were there. Tell me a funny story, Jody. We were uh, going into our senior season um, at Dick Edwards basketball camp. It was a summer staple for basketball training yes, at Mantic High School. And so we were going into our the, the summer as we were rising to our senior and final varsity season. And Coach and a cup, Coach Winter and a couple of the other Gold League coaches, who the Gold League being the being the varsity level players or players who were talented, especially in some way, came to a couple of us. They said, "Hey, we got this guy, and we we think he might be appropriate for the Gold level for the Gold League, but we want to see what you think. He's you know he's he's kind of small, but he's pretty talented, and we think he could probably hold up okay." They said, "What do you think?" We kind of all looked at one another. And like we didn't know what we were saying at the time, except that we had played with the guy and knew that knew that knew that he was a pretty talented player and thought he for sure he could hold up. So we just affirmed the we affirmed the choice and and said great. And we felt good about. It. I felt I remember just thinking that's ah, cool that they would ask me. You know, I felt I, it felt good to be um you know to be uh, held in a kind of esteem where they would ask for my opinion in that on that particular day about something like that. Well, it turns out that 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 young that young player not very big but pretty talented was Scott Brooks, who turned out to be really, really talented, obviously. So that was that was kind of a fun kind of a fun story from back in the Dick Edwards basketball camp days. That's funny. You know, it's it, it that brought up a thing. I when I when I coached I I really believed I did not have the answers. In fact I knew less than a lot of people, but I had talented people. And I can remember a game, and I wasn't afraid to ask. And, I mean, I'd ask coaches. I even asked players. But we played a game. It was at East Union. It was one of these that was just jam-packed with people just screaming and hollering. And and we're down one with just seconds to go, and I call timeout. And and I draw up this elaborate play. And <laughs> as the team breaks the huddle, Frank Trillia, who's a counselor at Manteca High now, he's my point guard. He I goes, didn't know he was a counselor now. Yeah. Uh, he goes, why don't we just post Fred? So as the kids are walking out on the court, I yell, post Fred, post Fred. And they got him the ball. He fumbled it and finally turned around, hit a baseline jumper to hit and hit it. And we won the ball game by one. But And great coaching. <laughs> My point guard came up with it and the kids executed. What's true about him, Jody? Steve Winter is committed. He's committed to the things that he settles into. He's stuck in in Manteca. 
Antique is his place. I never had a, a sense that there was doubt that his life and career and sort of the arc of things in his world would would always sort of center around Manteca, around the schools in Manteca and, and Manteca High School. He is stuck in, and that's kind of rare in our world, it, and it's to be treasured. People who have a, a, a love and concern for a place that's deep enough to weather trials and, and you know, just to stick in through difficult times is is also rare and i just you know i just admire the fact that coach winter has always invested everything that he has in in our little town if you want to know why steve winter is a treasure is because he's the sort of person that you could point your young athlete um, or educator or fit name the realm of life where you want to that you have a person that you're concerned about you could point them to coach and say follow this guy go and honor him and do what he do what he says is good for you and your life will be better and and it, the truth of the matter is that not coaches aren't always that way leaders aren't always that way people people in our world aren't always that way but steve winters is and so steve steve coach winter is is there something you never told him? I've, I've sort of hinted at this with him some. I, I've worked in higher ed for a number of years as a college-level administrator. And one of the things that comes with the college-level administration, and in particular in, in student services where I, did, where I served in most of my career, is that, um, is that student leaders and students come to the dean of students and I was the dean of students for for many years at a at a community college in the Central Valley they come looking for letters of recommendation I've written for sure dozens I may have written hundreds I've written just a lot and they would come all the time every time I thought well this you know is this just too great of a burden do I have time to write these five letters again this semester or you know that sort of that sort of sort of whiny approach to to it as in just another task I would without fail I don't think I've ever written a letter without thinking about coach winters and winters and the fact that he um, wrote a letter for me during my senior year before I left Manteca High School and he pointed out some things in my in my style and the way that I work through things in the world that were super helpful to me illuminating to me things that I didn't recognize initially on my own and and may not have recognized on my own without without somebody at some point saying them out loud and in his case putting into writing about my leadership style things like that and I've never I've never failed to remember that you know, uh, for a college administrator, you also have to be careful. Who am I endorsing when I, when I write this next letter, right? You have to be careful about your own reputation and all of that. But for my part, I have never failed to think about Coach Winters and think about how his letter back then impacted me and hope and then write with gladness in the hopes of blessing somebody in my care under my leadership in a similar way and so I've always looked for uh, the opportunities to, to to take the opportunity to say out loud something that's strong about a person and point them in a way that's going to make them do well that's helped them to do well coach did that for me I've done it for well I've hoped to do it tried to do it at least for many 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 others throughout my career and I'll continue to do it as long as as long as people will ask thanks Jody well, I mean, you have that kind of impact on people. You could have given me 50 names. There would have been 50 stories here the same. That's what I'm finding out. When, you, when, when the podcast tributes great people, great people don't have any skeletons. There's no bones. There's nothing like that. I, you're not going to give me a name of somebody who go, oh, yeah, Steve Warner is an asshole. <laughs> you're not going to give me that name. Well, I'm sure they're out there. Well, I don't know about that. And and. What I'm, what I'm getting at is it's just so universal, whether you listen back to the podcast with Eric Reese or you listen to, uh, you know, whoever in, in all of it, consistent people lead consistent lives. And I'm lucky to have been in contact with you and to be able to come here and, and tell your story. Because again, um, when people hear it, they're going to be like, you don't understand. This guy's a rock star, just like uh, the, the people he's talking about. It, it goes that way. So you can... Oh, you can deny it all you want, Coach. It's not going to work. <laughs> you know, the one thing I'm finding is I used to would tell student teachers that I hope you're not looking for instant gratification. Right. It's going to be something that's going to come 20, 30 years down the road. You only now I figured feel, out that you're living it. I, I feel like 
Yeah. This is one of those moments. It should be. Hi, my name is Doug McCree. Hey, Doug. Oh, God, and I'm uh, Director of Alternative <laughs> Charter Programs for San Joaquin County Office of Education. And I know Coach Winner, Steve Winner, as a basketball coach. I knew him as a principal when I was the assistant principal for him. And I just know him as a, a good friend from the years that I've been able to hang out with the guy. You know, I didn't ask you. They didn't try to take you in the coup of Sierra, this, the great Sierra coup of the 90s. They didn't come and grab you up, huh? I tried. Oh, you were going to leave? <laughs> were you going to leave the green? Yeah. Uh, when it first opened, I applied for the athletic director, and they chose Vern, which was a great choice. If you're going to lose, yeah, lose, if you're going to lose to the best, lose to the best, right? And then they, they had a dean position open up, and uh, I, I didn't get that one. Why were you going to leave the Buffaloes? You know, for some reason, I felt that I just needed to, you know, take on a new challenge, uh, try to improve my professional life. It wasn't life. the brand new air conditioning units and the well, clean hey, you know, I, and my, the, hey, I, my classroom was one of the first ones to be air conditioned in Manteca. It was kind of fun. We're sitting there with sweaters on when it's 104 out, but not it, when it was, I was there. <laughs> no, not when I no, was there. But uh, I was there when Doug was there. Doug's a couple years, Mike. Yeah. My senior. Doug McCreeth is, yeah. you know, I've, I've always believed that uh, you surround yourself with good people and, and kind of just stay out of their way. And That's true. And Doug was, was one of those that I was very fortunate to be able to work with. I met Steve Winter when I was a sophomore in high school, 1980-81 school year. I was playing basketball sophomore year in high school again. Mike Henry was the basketball coach, the sophomore basketball coach. And at practice one day, we were working on press break drills and press drills, et cetera, et cetera. Coach Winter came into the gym and was sitting there watching us. Apparently, he didn't feel we were working hard enough, so he st stood up, said to Coach Henry, hey, go ahead and have a seat, Coach Henry. I'm going to take over. He proceeded to start yelling at us, not working hard and being lazy, put us on the line, and we just started running ladders until, uh, well, I started puking, and that's kind of when I stopped running ladders. And then after we're done running ladders, and then he was satisfied, he said, Coach Henry, they're all yours, and let's see what they can do. And he turned around and walked out of the gym. And that's when I first met Coach Winter personally. <laughs> I know this to be definitely true about Steve Winter. Yeah. The guy loves his family more than anything. His wife, Rona, his kids, his grandkids. He just absolutely loves them and adores them and do anything for them. And then uh, I also know Steve Winter loves Manteca, Manteca High. You know, the, that saying, you cut that guy, you're going to see, uh, you know, green bleeding out of him. That's absolutely true. And I also know this to be true about Steve Winter. That guy can cry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> I've never been around a, a, a person who cries as much as that guy. And uh, I love him for that. But um, I know that to be true about the man. <laughs> there she wipes the tears yeah. away. Yeah, he's... <laughs> He's right, and I've done it in front of the school board and <laughs> everybody else. I just, I get very emotional. Nothing wrong with that. Me too. Tell me a super funny, maybe embarrassing story about Coach. Go well, this it. is pretty easy for me. Tell this story. So when Steve was the principal of Manteca High, and I was the assistant principal, Steve had some quirky habits. But one of the things that he did all the time, outside of his office, there was a big <laughs> plaque. It had all the Victorians listed. God, probably going back to like 1950, 1940, all the way up to the current year. And then every year, they would add a new tag with a new uh, valedictorian from Manteca High. And he would just stand there some days and just read those names names and read those names and then a couple days later i'd see him standing there just reading those names just reminiscing whatever it is and so then after about the sixth or seventh time that i saw him doing that i yelled down there and i'm like hey steve you can look at that valedictorian board all day long for the next 50 years and your name ain't ever going to show up on the damn thing and he just looked at me and just started laughing and you have to know steve has these huge belly laughs that just they're uncontrollable and so uh that was kind of like our running joke with him for a while you know other staff members like hey steve man you're not gonna be the valedictorian regardless of what you do well we're heading into christmas break and, and he's actually taking a couple weeks off so myself and uh, a friend we go down to one of the trophy places and we have the, a tag made up that says steve winter valedictorian 
1965 <laughs> or 64, whatever he when he graduated from high school, and we put it on that placard. So we had a bet running, like how how many days would would pass before he actually saw the dang thing. <laughs> well, the first day back from Christmas break, in the first hour, I hear him just down there just laughing, just uncontrollably laughing. I walk out. It's about an hour. That's about how long it took for him to to realize we put his name up on the board. But uh, that's one of the funnier stories about Stephen Wayne from my standpoint. And, and uh, there are quite a few others that are pretty funny, too. Now, it took you one hour to notice. But when I came here, you told me that Frona removed 35 shirts from your closet. <laughs> and you didn't notice because you had so many shirts to make you a blanket. But you noticed when McCreef and the gang put up a new panel up on the valedictorian deal in the office. that uh, Yeah. I, the, the T-shirts, I like I said, I, I've... <laughs> I've got so many. It's this just, board has to have 50 to 60 valedictorians back, on it. It goes back to 1923. Oh. <laughs> and, and I had just, uh, I had updated it. I, I purchased a, a, a bigger one and consolidated some of the small ones onto this big one. And You're just adoring a piece of work that you had updated. Of course you're going to notice. It just, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that is, those are the leaders of Manteca High. I yeah. mean, those are the, you know, the ones that need to be recognized. And I just enjoyed looking at that plaque and, and, re- and reading you, names and, and stuff. your names there. And all of a sudden, out. oh my God. Who's, who's this, did they take down to put in 1965? No, they just, they just, no, they just, oh, just added it at the, <laughs> bo- at the bottom. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And it's, it was pretty easy to spot, but <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was kind of funny. And that, that was the, the staff that I had is, and, and we were family. That's great. Just enjoyed doing those things. Why is he a treasure, Doug, to Manteca? Well, Steve's a treasure to Manteca because if you say Steve Winter, you think of Manteca High. And if you think of Manteca High, you think of Steve Winter. Yeah. And you think of his family and you think of his dad. I think the, the, the history of Manteca that runs through the Winter family, I think that in and of itself, you know, that Steve was a wild man as, as a varsity basketball coach. I mean, God, when we were in high school, that I mean, he just, he was a screamer. And then to come back and work for him later, which was just really strange that I actually, you know, came back to work at Manteca High under Steve Winter as an assistant principal was just a shock. I was just thinking, man, this is just going to be, you know, this guy just going to continue to scream, continue to do whatever it is. And he was the kindest, gentlest human being. And what I learned from Steve was that he valued people and he lived a life of service. He lived to serve Manteca High. He lived to serve the students at Manteca High, the teachers at Manteca High, the families of Manteca High. And in that sense, the larger community of Manteca. Just his lifelong compassion for all of the families and students and everybody that came through Manteca, who he coached and taught and was an administrator. He just influenced so many people. There's two guys for me. It's Walker Vic and it's you, Coach. There, <laughs> there's two of you. You can't... You can't elevate Vic up into this uh, into this area and not elevate you. Oh. Time spent and success. No, oh, well, thank that's, you. I mean, that's uh, I'm just keeping it I, real. I greatly appreciate that. that. Anything I didn't ask you uh, that you might want to say? Is there anything that I'd like to say to him yeah. or say about him that I did not ask you? Yeah. He knows the story, but he, he doesn't know how much it impacted me. My dad passed away of a surprise heart attack. My dad was a big influence in my life, along with men like Steve Winter, Jim Brown, Daryl Hardcastle. Just a lot of good men that I worked for, played for, football or sports, etc. Coached with. I was really struggling not having my dad around. My mom was having some uh, early dementia issues and stuff like that. So there was just a lot of pressure on me. And then a couple months after my dad had passed away, old man Augustini, he passed away. And so Steve and I walked from Antigua High over to St. Anthony's for the funeral. And then after the funeral, Steve and I are, were walking back to school. We were just talking about all the different people in our lives that have influenced us and helped us out. And I just stopped and looked at Steve and I just said, hey, Steve, I go, is it okay if I call you dad? I go, I just really feel like I need to call call you dad because of you know the connection that I have and things that you're doing for me and again I mentioned Steve's a crier well he started crying gave me a big old hug so you know two big dudes just out in the middle of the street there by Mantega High hugging it out crying that's something that I've always held true you know like Steve's like my second dad and he knows this I used to call him dad all the time my, my sons they would come to Mantega High when they're in junior high we lived in Ripon but they'd come to Mantega High and watch basketball games football games one time, my son Josh came up to me during a basketball game and said, Hey, Dad, I want to buy some hot dogs. You got any money? And I go, Man, I don't have any money. I'll be Josh. Why don't you go over there and ask Grandpa for some money? And he looks and he goes, Are you talking about Steve Winter? I said, Yeah, just walk up to him and go, Hey, Grandpa, you got five bucks I can borrow to, to get a hot dog? Josh, like, 
I can call him grandpa. And I go, I call him dad. So go ahead and call him grandpa. See what he does. So Josh walks over to him, goes, hey, grandpa, you got five bucks I can borrow to get a hot dog? Steve Winter looks up at me, starts laughing, starts crying a little bit, <laughs> reaches in his pocket and gives Josh five bucks to go buy a hot dog. Well, from that day on, my son Josh never asked me for money. He'd just go up and hit grandpa for money <laughs> while he was there at Mantic High, watching basketball games and stuff. It's pretty good. That's one of those things that uh, to this day, when I see Steve, I, st- I still refer to him as, as dad. He's a big boy to be grabbing on you and hugging you up there. I tell you, surround yourself with good people. Well, I had a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound assistant principal, and I could be pretty bold with him behind me. Right? <laughs> right? How tall are you? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm five ten, shrinking, but I'm right around there. Is there something you never told him, Doug? Tell me something about Coach Winters you'd like to say to him that you have never told him. Steve, the, the one thing I never told you is what I learned from you in regards to, to treating people. You know, I was more analytical as an assistant principal, and then after that as a principal, I just really felt, you know, school is about a system, and, and everybody should just kind of work through the system and work for the system. What I learned from you, Steve, was the importance of people, the importance of treating people well, being kind, being compassionate. We got a phone call on one of our English teachers. She was in a car accident when she was at home. And Steve goes, hey, let's go see her at home. I'm like, well, we don't even know if she's there or whatever. He goes, oh, let's just go do it. And so we went there and we just checked on her. And uh, she was just shocked that we would show up at her house just to check on her. And, and I learned that from Steve. I mean, those are things that you would think I, sh- I should have known. But I really learned compassion and caring for other people and this and this concept of service, this this idea of truly helping other human beings. I love you, Steve. <laughs> love you too. Mm-hmm. You had so many people. How'd you narrow down that list to the just a few that I talked to? You <laughs> said you had a problem getting these people. Yeah. I just um the generations it's just and generations hard, it's just hard and generations. To, to me, it's just hard to ask somebody to, to talk about you. Um, I just, like I said earlier, I just feel They that can answer questions about you. That's simple. <laughs> it's not talking about you. They're just answering some yeah. little questions that I, that I pose them. Yeah. Don't be shocked at the answers when you're a good guy. <laughs> uh, when you're a good guy, you got to take the accolades. Yeah. Take well, the good I, with the bad. You're used to taking the bad. Take the good. I, uh, I really appreciated and enjoyed this this hour and uh, listening to those people talk they're all good people yep well they're talking about a great man oh thank you i uh spent my years in radio we've about come to that magic would you like to tell somebody what would you like to say to mantica thank you <laughs> um i i there, there's that saying it takes a takes a a village you know and with me, wasn't it a village of idiots? No, wasn't that? I think it started turned into village of idiots. Didn't well, it? I don't it, think so. With you, it's just the original village of. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it takes a village to raise a child, and and I was a child that it took the whole village, um, from the rec department to little league to swimming to uh, mentoring. Uh, this community has been so good to me, <laughs> and you just want to say thank you. There's just, you just, I just have difficulty coming up with the words to truly say thank you. Those are the words. Those are the only words you have to. <laughs> yeah. I spent the better part of my uh, years living here on the radio. Is there anything you'd like to ask me? Or this is your time to ask me a question. Some people <laughs> like to ask the radio guy a question. Music people uh. like to ask music people questions sometimes. You're in the Manteca Hall of Fame already, I, I would just imagine. Probably one of the first. No. No. In fact, I think you went in before I did. No. Yeah. You post since 2015? I went with Dr. Wolf and myself. and uh, I was with Dr. Bobson and uh, Coach Munoz and uh, Mr. Elliot. Mr. Elliot. <laughs> Mr. Elliot, Marianne. And I need I, to go I, get him there, on. There are a lot of jewels in this town, and, and he, he's one. And, he's, uh, he's one of the village that helped me. You know, he, Were you Lincoln? Were you Lincoln guy? Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, he uh, was work. He was actually like ran the rec department, and he hired me to get the, to prepare the softball fields for adult softball. Oh, okay. And he recruited me to umpire Babe Ruth baseball, and uh, he and then he turned around and he's a dean of students at Manteca High when I was a teacher there. So he's one of those that I, you know, I was very fortunate to to come in contact with. There's just so many. 
So many. Well, you're in the and, hall. Well, and and, you know, and I'm sitting here across from you, and, I, and I'm kind of going back in my mind when you were terrorizing the teachers at Manteca High and, yes. and, and doing this and that. And, yes. And now I see you're doing something that you truly love. I think this was what I was always doing in the first place yeah. and nobody knew. Yeah. And, it, uh, and you've done a tremendous job with it. And it, it's, it's fun to, to see, to see you, you know, accomplish this. I, you know what, if we can make it through all 52 weeks, then great. I already missed George Janice. Gosh, darn it. Oh, I always kick myself in the butt because I, uh, Coach Harmon was the first. I kept saying, I want to go by and see him. I want to go by and see him. I can do it tomorrow. I can do it. Well, pretty soon he's gone. And it's just one of those things where, hey, you've got to, you've got to make those, those contacts when you can because you never know. You just never know. And my mom made the comment, she says, the hard part about getting old is you lose your friends. Yeah. And yeah, just, in a number of ways they could pass or you just not have your friends anymore because yeah. you move in different circles. Yeah. Grandkids come, you move away, people move. Yep. Uh, lots so, of things happen. Life happens. So, but I just, I've just got to say thank you for, <laughs> for uh, asking me to participate in this. This has been a truly an honor. Well, thank you for being in it. Um, it's just something I do in my uh, off time. I feel that people should hear the stories. And I think this is an audio timeline for folks to uh, check in, at least with folks that, like you, uh, people that had you as a coach or a teacher, want to know what you're up to right now. Well, this is a light inside of your house right now. Too bad we won't run all the video, but uh, <laughs> we're in a beautiful place here. Coach is doing well. He's in a gated community here and things are well. His house is great. Frone is great. The kids are great. Everything's going well and things seem to be good. So thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate you. Mm, thank you. That's this week's show. Thank you, Manteca, for the listens, shares, and follows. If you'd like to support the podcast or be a sponsor, it's easy to get a hold of us. Mantecapodcast.com. Hit the envelope and send us a message. This is a podcast of Manteca's heavy hitters. You got a suggestion for me? Someone I should feature? Hit me up. Aaron Goodwin, local radio DJ, Randy Bubba Black. I'm now retired, a product of Manteca High School. Go Buffaloes. This is the digital age. I do this show about my hometown to set an audio timeline. This podcast is sole property of myself. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without expressed written consent covered on the World Wide Web under fair usage. Add this podcast wherever you get yours. MantecaPodcast.com.